Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back. And we've got a cool episode today. We're talking about something that affects nearly everyone all around the world, and that's elections. So I'm joined by two really special guests. Firstly, I'm joined by Michael Jackson, who is a strategy leader at AWS for state and local government in the US. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Simon. Pleasure to be here. Good to have you here. And also joined by Leo, and I'm going to try and get his surname right, Zhadonovsky. G'day, Leo. He's a principal solution architect in the US as well, has had some really interesting experiences around elections too. Welcome to the podcast, Leo. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Did I get it right? Did I get the surname right? <laughs> you did it. You, you nailed it. It's, it's exactly right. <laughs> awesome. So um, this episode's all about elections and the nice thing is most people listening would have a lot of experience of elections. You know, it's something that comes around from time to time at different levels of government, be it federal, state, local, uh, councils, a whole lot of different mechanisms. But the world of elections has changed a lot because of technology. And what we want to talk about today is kind of some of those changes from a broader sense and also some specifics, particularly uh, with Leo having some significant experience with the Obama for America campaign a few years back. So maybe, Michael, let's start with you and talk about what are some of the market trends you're seeing in elections, both from the the, the doing of elections, but all the other stuff that happens around elections? Well, that's a very good point, Simon. So as we, as we approach this initiative to bring uh, – a renewed focus or a strategic focus, I should say, to elections in the U.S. and around the world, we noticed several trends that were emerging that made this a rather si- a time-sensitive uh, initiative, more time-sensitive than uh, we even in- imagined as we, as we began this journey. Uh, one of the, the time-sensitive urgencies that uh, we discovered was the fact that countries around the world, particularly the U.S., are more concerned than ever about the security of their infrastructure. I mean, it's no secret that in 2016, um, our Department of Homeland Security, A, uh, they, they listed voting infrastructure as what we call a critical infrastructure. So it's right up there with uh, u- energy and utilities or financial services. So that's new um, within the past year or so. And that's primarily due to the fact that uh, international um, actors, bad actors, have been proven to have had uh, undue influence on our 2016 presidential elections. So that's the first market trend that we've identified. And our customers uh, domestically and internationally now more than ever are very concerned about securing their elections infrastructure for upcoming elections uh, domestically for the 2018 election, what we call the midterm cycle. But around the world, it's it's a concern and, and one that our customers have expressed time and time again. And and that security piece is really interesting because it is you know, security is a hard thing to do. So you want to be doing it all the time. And one of the unique elements of elections and electioneering is it's that classic case of the big event. Like there is only one one time it happens for that particular instance. There's also the huge issues of scale, and then all the electioneering leading up to that uh, time. So maybe let's talk about. You know, how people are using technology a little bit more differently in terms of electioneering. Um, you're seeing some key demographic changes that are affecting how elections are conducted and also how the, the lead up to elections are taking place as well, aren't they? That's absolutely right. So the second emerging trend that we identified was the seismic shift in demographics of the electorate, uh, again, in the US and similarly around the world. 
So our 2018 elections, which are approaching very quickly, uh, represents the very first time that every single millennial in the United States will be eligible to, to vote. And why that's significant is because not only will they all be eligible, but they represent one of the largest voting blocks uh, when you look at the breakdown of demographics. And so this is a generation of young people that have grown up very accustomed to uh, having online interactions, not only accustomed to interactions, but they have extremely heightened expectations for personalized experiences. And a lot of those expectations are conditioned by other online relationship relationships or transactions. And so they feel that voting should be no less convenient, no less personalized, and the interactions should be uh, no less intuitive. So that is another um, very important trend that speaks to the types of solutions that uh, election administrators and other market types or customer types are going to be focusing on as they bring new innovations to the elections market. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how uh, electors want more information from their candidates. They want personalized information. Certainly candidates want to reach out to their potential voters and inform and educate and in, in, ca- in countries where uh, voting is not compulsory to, to get them out to vote. Um, so that's one of the interesting things being in Australia. Uh, voting is compulsory here, so uh, there's not that sort of get-at-the-vote concept which exists in the US. And it's probably a good chance to flip across to Leo because, Leo, you've been in the trenches on this and you've seen where we talk about scale and electioneering and engagement with citizenry. Uh, You've seen it from really up close. So maybe give us a a summary of what you did on the campaigns you worked on, some of the challenges you saw and some of the technologies you used. Yeah, uh, so I worked at the Democratic National Committee, uh, which is one of the two major parties in the U.S., uh, and then also the Obama re-election campaign in 2012. And uh, so during the course of the campaign, the tech team there built about 220 applications on AWS. Um, These ranged from like BarackObama.com, a public-facing website, uh, payment processing, which in the U.S., you know, campaigns have to raise a lot of money uh, through donations. So that's a super critical piece of infrastructure. Mobile apps, um, get out the vote tools, uh, communication apps so you can reach voters, and also uh, data analytics like data science tools, uh, data warehousing. So these were a sample of the tools that the campaign built uh, back then. But that was uh, in 2012, so that was over four years ago at this point. So the, we built a lot of that stuff on EC2 and RDS and the services that existed in AWS at the time. The really exciting thing is that since then, AWS has come out with a lot of new services that allow you to take a lot of the undifferentiated heavy lifting involved with running these types of uh, applications and just focus on building your app and letting these AWS services do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So for example, uh, there's Redshift, which is a data warehousing tool. So back in 2012, uh, one of the things I was responsible for was running uh, data warehouses using a third-party piece of software, and it required me manually managing over 20 nodes, and it wasn't fun. Nowadays, I can just spin up a Redshift cluster, I can say how many nodes I want, um, and I can wait 20 minutes, and I, I've got it up and running. And so that's super powerful. There's tools like Athena, uh, which allow you to just look at your data in S3 and query it without even having to spin up a cluster. Um, there's all kinds of tools for that you can use for voter outreach. So, for example, SES, which is a simple email service, right? So you can 
send a, um, a big email uh, to you know your potential voters or constituents. Uh, there's also a lot of tools for security, which I think are super important. Uh, so we have customers that can use guard duty to see, you know, if there's any suspicious traffic going um, through their network on AWS. Uh, they can use inspectors. So, for example, um, you know, if there's some kind of security vulnerability and they need to make sure that their whole fleet of instances are patched, uh, they can quickly get them up and determine whether they are patched and patch them if they're not. Uh, there's also uh, services that help our customers um mitigate the risk of a DDoS attack. So uh, if they use CloudFront, which is our content delivery service, and they also use WAF, uh, which is our web application firewall, and also they could use uh, Shield Advanced, which is a, a fully uh, fully featured service for DDoS protection, you can uh, you know mitigate the risk of a DDoS attack. So there, I can you know, keep going on, go on for a long time about various <laughs> services. The list is endless, can use, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, and it's expanding all the time. Uh, but Needless to say, you know, my point is, uh, it's now easier than ever to get up and running quickly. Uh, and, uh, you know, to just focus on building whatever it is that you as a campaign or as a government agency supporting an election uh, need to do to support that campaign and not worry about the low level uh, heavy lifting. Exactly. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, look, I, I'm not a US citizen, so I wasn't involved in that campaign for, as a, a voter perspective, but I happened to know a number of the technical people that worked on the team and got to see what they were doing. And the thing that impressed me was that this is a use case where it's essentially building almost an enterprise grade portfolio of applications. You've got customer engagement, mobile engagement, you've got big data analysis, you've got coordination, scheduling, logistics, payment systems, as you mentioned, a whole raft of things that need to be built very quickly and scale massively, but also need to be turned off because you don't have to spend any money on that once the election is complete. And the thing that impressed me with the the campaigns you were working on was the speed in which you could iterate. It was very much DevOps, infrastructure as code, moving quickly. Tell us a little bit about that from, a, I guess, a, a cultural developer standpoint about what that was like. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the best analogy I, I've heard to describe is we were essentially um, building a plane as we were already flying on the plane. Um, and so, yeah, we would have a meeting about something and then, you know, there's zero red tape. You know, somebody had an idea about how to do something and the next day we'd be uh, implementing it. So it moves at startup uh, speed, I would say. Uh, but, you know, the solution has to work. It has to be, uh, I would say, like enterprise grade. Uh, like you mentioned in the, at the beginning of the podcast, um, in the US, right, the election day is spelled out in the Constitution. So if everything has to work on election day, like changing election day would take a constitutional amendment, and I don't think they're going to do that, you know, if one of our apps doesn't work. So, um, yeah, everything had to be built really quickly after, and everything had to change really quickly, right? So, first, you have in the US in a presidential election, you have the primary, then you have the general election. So, there's really two elections, right? And uh, as you go further and further along, the scale of your applications, um, increases so by the end uh you know we would have for example like a call tool and when we were building that call tool we were doing you know maybe like a not you know maybe a few hundred calls a day on that call tool 
uh, by the end we were doing like thousands a day or you know the 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 scale of uh, how how much usage it got was growing rapidly so everything has to build be built with scaling in mind everything has to be able to be scaled up and down because campaigns are also very cost conscious um, you know if you're if you're if you have money that you're spending uh, that's not going to like voter outreach, essentially, it's probably a waste. So you don't want to be spending any more on your IT infrastructure than you have to. Be. So it's essential to both scale up and scale down. And like you mentioned, you know, the Obama campaign built all this infrastructure uh, over the course of about a year, but then the election happened and it was over. And then they were able to scale everything down uh, when the election was over. So they didn't have to sell off any physical assets or anything like that. They can just you know, scale, scale down, um, all of their applications, uh, save the source code and, you know, pass it along to whoever was going to take care of it after the election, which would be really hard to do in a traditional environment. Absolutely. Cause you have that classic challenge of, we need lots of infrastructure for election day. So heavy investment, And then now we don't need it anymore. You know, hello, secondhand market, which is not so good. And the other um, thing, Mark, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go I was going to say no, one more go. thing that's, I think was, uh, pretty unique in 2012, and you can certainly do it now. Was uh, so in the U.S. There was a hurricane, a Hurricane Sandy, uh, about a month before the election, and that hurricane hit the East Coast. And so, you know, the campaign was worried about all of their infrastructure at the time was hosted in the Virginia region in AWS, and so they were worried about, you know, well, what if some natural disaster happens, such as this hurricane? So, in about um, in about seven hours, they were able to get up uh, a copy of their infrastructure in one of the other regions, the uh, region in Oregon. Uh, and so, if they had to, they could have failed over to the across the you know to the other side of the country uh, and not gone down. And I think if you did something like that uh, anywhere else, it would be it would take a lot longer than seven hours. Um, so I think, you know, being able to fail over across regions, um, probably across countries, if you had to, uh, is something that's pretty unique and pretty powerful. Yeah, it's a, a pretty powerful capability and puts people in good stead. Uh, Michael, let's come back to you. Tell us a bit about what you're seeing, I guess, where the rubber hits the road, you know, things you're seeing in the market in terms of product sets that people are using, some customer examples, whatever you think our, our listeners would be interested to hear. Absolutely. So, not unlike any other way that AWS uh, brings products to market, it was done in a way, our elections as a service uh, solution set was done in a way specifically to address the needs that our customers have expressed in the elections market. And so I mentioned two of the trends, right? The first one was uh, a, a heightened focus on security. Uh, the second is the shifting uh, demographic among the electorate, as well as among first-time uh, candidates for office. We're finding that young first-time candidates are emerging at unprecedented numbers as well. And the third trend was uh, aging infrastructure, not just in the U.S., but around the world. Elections infrastructure has most likely been in place for decades and decades. It is not as interoperable, nor secure, nor modernized as it should be. And so, like I said, in true Amazon fashion, what we did is we started with the customer and worked our way back. And so we have three sets of solution categories that align directly with those emerging trends. Uh, the first one is security and compliance. And Leo spoke very clearly about uh, some of the 
solution sets or some of the capabilities within that category of solutions that we offer, whether it's guard duty to proactively sniff out vulnerabilities within an S3, uh, workload leveraging machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, the second is voter engagement. Voter engagement, that category of solutions, aligns directly with the emerging trend of the shifting demographic, because not only are uh, campaigns and elections administrators seeking to deliver personalized, targeted messages to get out the vote or to uh, get out their message to their, their targeted market or demographic, but they're doing it in micro-targeted ways. They're leveraging technologies in ways that uh, campaigns nor elections officials or administrators have done have never done in the past. And that is to meet or exceed some of the expectations that this new generation of voters have developed based on their other interactions. And finally, the third category of solutions, we call that elections management or campaign management. And as you said, Simon, that's really where the rubber meets the road. That's the back office, automating, modernizing, and simplifying the back office, the back end heavy lift of what it takes to operate and maintain uh, an election at the administration of an election for state and local uh, officials that are going on, you know, year round, as well as for campaigns, because as we know, campaigns can spin up and go from zero to a hundred, literally overnight, and then after an election is over it spins down just as quickly. And so agility and elasticity and security are important for those guys as well. So those are the three categories of solutions. And those are applicable to three market segments, segments within the elections ecosystem that we've identified as being uh, most in need of modernization. And those three categories of customers are Elections administrators, primarily at the state and local level, specifically within the U.S., because although there has been federal legislation like the Help America Vote Act of 2002, um, most of the rubber meets the road in the U.S. specifically at the state and local level across thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of counties and jurisdictions. So the first category or segment of customers is elections administrators. The second customer category or segment is political campaigns. This, this is where candidates are, you know, out getting their message out, um, persuading voters that they are the candidate for them and that they can um, serve the interests of the folks that they would like to earn votes from. And then third, the third uh, market segment is what we call civic organizations. Those are nonpartisan organizations who are out there to, to just get out the vote or to ensure that everyone has equitable access to their democratic right, their democratic duty to, to cast their vote and participate in the overall electoral process. So the way we summarize it is that we say we have solutions for any enterprise whose job it is to administer, protect, or promote the democratic electoral process in the U.S. and around the world. Pretty cool mission and uh, one I wholeheartedly support. And there's a really good uh, sort of landing page uh, at... Um, aws.amazon.com slash state and local slash election dash as dash a dash service. And I'll put a link in the show notes, of course, but that really takes through a good uh, example of the different solution spaces and some really interesting customer case studies from people like uh, Alameda County, uh, State of Hawaii Office of Elections, the Trust the Vote Project, 
um, Republican National Committee, the League of Women Voters. It's a really great list. The uh, Australian Ele- uh, Electoral Commission as well, which is close to my own heart. So some really good stories and some also some partners that are experienced and working in this domain. Because I guess, um, Michael, from a partnering perspective, clearly these government agencies and candidates, you know, they, they put a lot of store in these events. These these aren't going to happen on a regular basis. So they want partners who are experienced in kind of what it takes to deliver at this level. That's, so. that's absolutely right. And so not unlike any other industry, we have partners who are very, very, they've developed very focused expertise in this area. And so they've taken the tools and the services that we offer as at AWS, and they have gone narrow and deep within the elections market to earn the trust of their customers who are ultimately uh, AWS customers, but serve them in a way that adheres to local uh, and federal regulations, as well as, you know, modernizing the overall infrastructure. And so to your point, uh, Simon, there are very credible, uh, very visible customer success stories within each of these market segments that I identified. So, for example, within um, elections administration, like you said, the state of Hawaii, the state of Tennessee, uh, the state of North Carolina here in the U.S. Um, For political campaigns, uh, Obama for America was one, but even more broadly within the U.S., like you said, there's the RNC, the Republican National Committee, as well as the DNC, right, the Democratic National Committee. And then for um, uh, nonpartisan civic organizations, we have examples like Rock the Vote or League of Women Voters. So across the board, within each of the solution categories, there are some very impressive case studies of how customers are effectively leveraging Amazon Web Services either directly or through our pretty comprehensive partner ecosystem to deliver e-ballots, to secure their infrastructure, to ramp up and target and communicate across multiple digital channels with their you know, targeted uh, voter base. So it, it's a very exciting time uh, within this market. I would like to say, as you, as you uh, mentioned quickly, Simon, though, that uh, in Australia, the AEC, the Australian Electoral Commission, is a prime example of what we call elections management, right? The migration of that entire infrastructure onto AWS not only demonstrates their commitment to modernization, but it really shines a spotlight on the trust that we were able to earn, uh, satisfying regulatory requirements and offering a very secure but agile and elastic infrastructure that could serve the entire population of, of Australia. It, it's, an, it's an honor and uh, it's really satisfying to see our technologies used in such uh, a large scale in such a visible way. It is great to see the citizen experience improve and, and the efficiency of government improve as well. I mean, I I grew up uh, watching the, the tally room from Canberra on election night and it was literally a whole bunch of folks uh, with these very long sticks moving physical <laughs> numbers around. Um, it's a long least. way. <laughs> Michael, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing that with us. And Leo, thank you for coming on and sharing us uh, your real-world examples. And um, thanks for blazing the trail. (laughs) Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at Amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.